Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Oh, g'day. Thanks for taping up the ears with me this Wednesday morning. Origin One is in three weeks' time. And for me, Felice Kafusi has to be there in Adelaide, doesn't he? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. He is a non negotiable for me. In Origin, you need an enforcer. And right now, Kafusi is the most feared in the game, isn't he? He has to be there. Who's your non-negotiable when it comes to the Maroons pack? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Forget Walsh and Ponger and Hammer and Taolungi. The forward pack is the most contentious Maroons selection. We'll get into that in just a moment. In 15 minutes' time, I'll get the take from a man who's played 24 state of origins, 25 tests for Australia. Knows a bit about rep footy, knows what it takes, knows what you need. Brent Tate, I'll get his non-negotiable. I wonder if it matches yours. Mal Meninga is in after 10. Who'd he pick? I'll tell you what, he's picked Jaden Campbell as far as the Titans. He is part of the Titans crew as we know this, Mal Meninga. And we woke up to the news this morning that Jaden Campbell is staying put on the Gold Coast. Titans fans, happy with this? You've got a team of fullbacks. You've got a team of fullbacks, so many. But Jaden Campbell has said, no, this is my home. This is where I'm going to stay. Have the Titans finally got their stuff together? I was about to use a different word then. But have they finally got it together? They've locked down a team for the best part of the next three or four years. They've got a nucleus there. And we're talking some fairly good players as well. Handy players, well, as well as Campbell, You've got Fafita, you've got Tino, you've got Brimson, you've got Fermor. All either rep players or on the verge of playing rep footy. They finally got their stuff together. The Titans. And Mel Meninga, what did he make of his namesake, Val Meninga, the new cult hero in the NRL? Uh, that is after 10 o'clock every Wednesday, the immortal hour of power. Hour and Reuben Cotter. Actually, Reuben Cotter is part of this conversation when it comes to the Maroons pack. Remember his origin debut? He's only played one, but he played 80 minutes on debut and made 50-plus tackles. I'll be speaking to Reuben Cotter in between training times from the Cowboys. That's going to be at 11 o'clock on the dot. So Reuben Cotter at 11 and straight after that, 11 a.m. mayhem, which is just going to be a little bit later today. But whatever's on your mind, whatever you want to get off your chest... 11 a.m.-ish mayhem today, 13.13.55. We have prizes for the caller of the day as well. Um, What have I got here? Just let me have a look through my... Oh, Lions tickets. Lions Essendon Saturday night. It's the only ticket in town this weekend when it comes to footy. Saturday night at the Gabba. Want to get into the Gabba and where the Lions will be playing or could be playing when the Gabba gets knocked down. Do that very, very shortly. Um, who else have we got? Oh, we've got this coming up today. 
Oh, doesn't that bring back the memories? The 80s and the 90s. Boom, 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 boom with the bullets. With the longest intro in the world, too. Who could it be? Where are they now Wednesdays? But as I said, it is three weeks today until Origin 1. This is the moment they've been waiting for here at Lang Park for 35-year-old Arthur Beetson to wear a maroon jersey. Beetson left here very early in his career, but now returns in probably the twilight of his career to lead this Queensland side in the match tonight. Here we go wide. Lewis. Lewis through the gap. He could score. He's going to score. Yes. No double movement. Fair try. Here's the big fella. Gets the pass on. Coin. Coin goes for the corner and gets the try. It's a miracle. Darren Lockout, he kicks, Slater's picked it up, was he onside? Slater, down the ground, he kicks again, he'll get there, he's over, Steve Slater, he has scored one of the great Origin tries. Intercept for Bowen, that's the end of it, Bowen has his hand in the air, Matt Bowen scores off an intercept. He goes for the corner. Goal! Ben Hunt wins the origin for Queensland. Oh, nine minutes past nine. The origin juices are flowing. I hope they are for you too. It is three weeks today until game one in Adelaide. One of the reasons why I want to get the origin juices flowing, not only will we be talking about it this morning on the show, but over the next three weeks, we have double passes to give away for game one and our origin under the stars right here at SENQ, the home of Queensland sports biggest conversation. We are having a rooftop party for our Maroons call. Origin under the stars. Matty Rogers, Andrew McCulloch, Jury Forbes, they're going to bring you the game live here to the rooftop. Well, they'll be doing it on the radio as well, but they'll be calling it from here. We'll have the big screen set up. We'll have you, the live audience. I have doubles to give away right up until Origin 1, three weeks today. All you need to do is listen out to and for one of the Origin moments you have just heard. I'm thinking Ragdoll. Yeah, I'm thinking ragdoll. So when I play Gordon Tallis ragdolling Hodson over the sideline before midday today, that's your cue to call for a double to our origin under the stars. Food and drinks are on us as well. You can watch the game on the big screens while hearing our parochial Queensland call. But speaking of parochial Queensland calls, right now, today, I want to find out who is your non-negotiable in the Maroons pack. 
We're going to take out the hookers because Hunt and Grant pick themselves. That is an absolute given. They will be there. But we were crunching the numbers earlier, and, and this is what is giving Billy Slater, I'm not going to say a selection headache, I'm going to say a selection migraine. Because out of the eight spots available for forwards, if you take out the utility, the 14 and the nine, as I said, they're done, they're picked. That's Hunt and Grant, that's easy. You have eight spots for forwards. By my calculations, there are 15 with legitimate claims to play in the Maroons pack. In no particular order. Christian Welsh. Whoa, remember him? Yeah, Australian prop, Queensland prop. Didn't play last year because of that injury, season-ending injury. He's back in play. Josh Papalihi. Reuben Cotter, a kangaroo. Lindsay Collins, a kangaroo. Pat Carrigan, man of the series last year and current kangaroo. Tino Fasuamawali, current kangaroo. David Fafita, probably in the form of his life. Tom Gilbert did a job last year for Queensland. Felice Kafusi, for me, has to be there. Jai Arrow. The work that he does, the work that you don't see, is one of the reasons why Queensland wins. Kurt Capewell can cover so many positions on an edge but can move out into the centres. Had to do that last year when we lost Cobbo early. Remember that? Nanai. He won't be there game one because he's suspended. But again, a kangaroo, the NRL Rookie of the Year and one of the fines of last year. Tom Flegler has done a job for Queensland. A redhead. Every team needs a redhead. But that's when Corey Horsburgh comes into play. He's the only name that I'm about to give you that hasn't played for Queensland. But should he be there, game one? And then you go down the M1 to the Titans. Mo Fodawaka has been there, done it before for Queensland. And again, is in career best form. So I've just given you 15 names. All of them have played for Queensland. All of them have played Origin except one, Corey Horsburgh. Am I missing anyone from the Queensland pack? Out of those 15 names, or maybe there's another that you can think of, who's your non-negotiable? Who has to be there come Origin 1 in three weeks' time? Christian Welsh, Josh Papalihi, Reuben Cotter, Lindsay Collins, Pat Carrigan, Tino, Dave Fafita, Tommy Gilbert, Felice Kafusi, Jai Arrow, Kurt Capewell, Corey Horsburgh. Nanite won't be there game one because he's suspended, but would have to play, you'd think, sometime in the series. Tom Flegler, Mo Fadawaka. Trevor Gilmaster said last night on Seven News, this is the richest depth of Maroons forwards he's ever seen. Gilly's been around a bit. He's seen a few. Can you remember a time when we've had a glut of talent to pick from. All of them have a case to be there come game one. But for you, who's your non-negotiable? Who has to be there and why come origin one? Because we all know it's one in the forwards, right? The backs can do their business, but only if the forwards do theirs. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Who is your origin forward non-negotiable for Queensland? Who must be there? 
And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Right, as we process State of Origin and positions in the pack, I want you to process this one as well because right now it's what's happening out at Springfield, at Lions HQ. They are deciding and going through four viable options that are on the table about where they play when the Gabba gets knocked down for the Olympic redevelopment. That is happening after the 25-26 Ashes. So we're talking Christmas time 2025. That's really only two years away. So where are the Lions going to play? The four viable options in front of them that they are choosing from are Metricon, it's not called Metricon, is it now? Heritage Bank Stadium on the Gold Coast. Ready-made, tailor-made, almost 30,000. Hosts AFL games there now. It's sitting there ready to go. But I stress to you again on the Gold Coast. For me... Not a live option. Not for a team that has Brisbane in their title. I I know the Brisbane Bears started at Carrara at that very spot. But come on, we're not going back to the bad old days of the bad news Bears, are we? Whilst it's on the table, I think it's the first one off the table. I haven't been to Metricon to watch a game. I've been there. I've been there for news conferences. I've been there for cricket. I've been there for AFL. I've been there but not to watch a game so I don't know what it's like to get to the stadium I don't know the transport situation I don't know if you do know let me know but I think there's something in that for me and what I do and how long I've been doing this the fact that I haven't been there maybe it says something about me or does it say something about the ground if you're a Brisbane fan are you heading down the M1 to watch the Lions for the best part of four years at Metricon, at Carrara. So let's take that one off the table. The other one we've spoken about, QSAC, QE2, the old ANZ Stadium where the Broncos used to play. That one is owned by the state government. That would have state government funding to get it up there and ready to go. They're, They're talking about increasing the size of the field. They'd have to get rid of the running track, but... The, the skeleton is there. The bones are there. And it wouldn't take that much to bring it up to speed. It would take a bit, but not as much as others that I'm about to discuss with you. That's on the table. But how do you get there? Again, we've gone through the transport issues. Bus is probably the biggest one. The hub of Garden City is down the road, but it's a fair whack down the road, isn't it? What's it about? K and a half, two Ks away, probably more. You're not walking up that hill, not up Kessels Road. Train stations, nearest one's about three Ks away. So how do you get there? Driving, really? Do you remember the days when the Broncos played there? Was driving an option for you? The other two live options on the table that the Lions are discussing now are their home base of Springfield. Capacity as it stands right now is bordering on 10,000. It is tailor-made for AFLW. I don't know if it actually fits into the AFL mould. They would have to do a lot of improvements there. They'd have to bring a lot of infrastructure in, grandstands for a start. So I don't think they can double capacity there. I'm pretty sure they can't double capacity there. So that takes it up to 20. Let's halve that 
You're putting in temporary grandstands for the best part of four years on some of that hill area, but then that takes away from the natural beauty of that ground. So say it's 15,000. Oh, I don't know if you can actually have an AFL ground week in, week out as your home base that only holds 15,000. There's so much to this. I mean, the, the Lions the lines have got record membership. They're looking at 50,000. They're aiming at 50,000 for this year members. 50,000 members, and if you've got a stadium that even even a, a stretch can hold 20, you can't even get half your members in. But I know that the Lions are really considering this. Why? Because they own it, if that's fair. So they're going to get all the money that comes into the gates. It's going to be theirs. They'd have to spend a fair bit on that to get it up to AFL standard. But again, I, I don't know if the AFL would give that the tick of the approval. Having a 15,000 or even... 20 tops seat stadium. And even then, it's not seated, is it? Because there's going to be some hill areas. You've got the train that puts you right at Springfield. That's a plus. But again, it's a Springfield, which is technically not Brisbane. So if you're a Lions fan, are you travelling to Springfield? The fourth option is the RNA. The RNA is the Ecker, owned by the RNA. Now, there was a number thrown out there by the Premier when this was first brought up to be hosting both cricket and AFL when the Gabba gets knocked down, and the figure thrown out was $80 million. $80 million of improvements, of upgrades to get it to the standard to host international cricket and perhaps AFL. I don't know where that number comes from. I don't know if it was worked out on the back of a coaster over a coffee. Because remember the last time they threw out a number? It was the GABA. It was going to cost a billion. We'll now know that that GABA precinct is $2.7 billion. So when they throw out numbers like $80 million, good luck to you. There's a few things with the RNA as well. Heritage listed, the John McDonald stand, and other parts of the ECA will have to be – If you've, I'm just trying to think of the renos that you might have done or come across for a heritage listed home or a home that has some – value as far as our history is concerned, how much extra money that costs to get around keeping a facade or keeping a heritage listed part of a building, they can't be knocking down stands and starting fresh. It's going to cost a hell of a lot more than 80 million, I would have thought. But there's some pluses for this. Look at the precinct. It's really close to town. You've got that King Street area there running into the edge of the valley. Perfect spot, inner city, fantastic. And it's in Brisbane they'd have to spend a hell of a lot of money on that. And who's spending that money? Will the state government chip in? Because they don't own it. It would activate the economy and be part of it. So Brisbane City Council would probably put something in the state government, put it, but the RNA owns it. Do the Lions put money into it? Would you go there? And I guess that's the question I'm asking this morning. Where Actually, no, it's not where would you go. Where wouldn't you go? Let's start ruling these options out. We've got four. Carrara, Springfield, Cusack at Nathan Kessels Road, and the RNA. Out of those four, as a Lions fan, where wouldn't you go to watch the footy? The four years that it's going to take for the Gab to be redeveloped. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. If it doesn't have Brisbane in the name or the postcode, I don't think it's a viable option. That's me. So we ruled it down to two. Cusack and the RNA. One's owned by the state government. One has got a lot of money to be spent on it to get up to speed. Where do you sit? 23 minutes past nine off and running on a Wednesday morning.
27 away from 9, 13, 13, 55, 04, 67, 736, 736. They're the digits you need to be part of the show. You can jump on Twitter at Mornings, S-E-N-Q. That's where we put out our question today. Who's your non-negotiable as far as the Maroons pack is concerned? Oh, I'm taking out the hookers here because Harry Grant and Ben Hunt picked themselves in whatever order. So that's the 14 and the 9 jersey taken away because they are already there. So that leaves eight spots, five run on or on the field and three on the bench, four forwards. By my calculations, we've got 15 forwards who have all put their hand up and have a legitimate case to be there come Adelaide in game one. Who would you have as your non-negotiable? For me, Felice Cafusi. He's an origin enforcer, and as we know, every team needs one of them when it comes to origin. He is the most feared player in the game, isn't he? And if not, who is? Who would be ahead of him? A lot of love coming in for Tommy Gilbert, as I said. So his origin debut game one last year, and he played 78 minutes on debut. Remember, we lost Selwyn Cobbo within the first two. Kate Wells shifted out to the centres, and Tommy Gilbert came on. 78 minutes straight on origin debut. 36 tackles, nine runs. He did not disgrace himself at all. Outstanding stuff. Uh, Brent Tate is a man who knows a thing or two about State of Origin. Played in 24 of them. Played 25 tests as well. So, yeah, rep footy, he's got it, got it covered. Tatey, morning to you. Good morning, Benny. How are you, mate? Very well. Who's your non-negotiable when it comes to the Maroons pack? Yeah, well, I definitely think I'd have to agree with your sentiments around Felice Cafusi, mate. I think he's, uh, you know, the form that he's showing this year, he's almost been reborn um, going to the Dolphins, which has been a great move for him. And um, he just strikes a fear into any of those New South Wales halves that are going to take the ball to the line, um, mate. He hits like no other. So, uh, yeah, he's certainly one that I'd, I'd definitely have in my team and be first picked, I guess, as well as, you know, the staples of, you know, Cam Munster. Um, you know, Harry Grant, those sort of guys that you build your team around. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in a really good position this year, I think, Queensland, which sometimes is a bit of a worry. You like to be uh, up against it, but I'm sure we'll we'll create a, a headline that'll um, put us as underdogs at some stage. <laughs> well, we don't have Nanai, so there we go. There's our headline. We're, we're up against it. We don't have a World Cup forward. Tady, just on enforcers, I mean, it, it's my opinion that we need one, but from someone who's been there and done that, how important are they? Who did you love playing behind knowing that they were, well, either in front of you or next to you when it came to pulling off the big shots? Who did you love playing? Mate, it's funny. Like you talk, We all talk about enforcers these days. I guess it's not, it's not so much, you know, the enforcers. It's, it's, it's just more... You know what they bring when you're sitting in the dressing shed and you, and you look beside you, and you know you know they're just going to turn up and get the job done. And, and mate, I, I love playing behind Petro and Pricey. Um, they were you know our two front rowers yeah. throughout a lot of that um, success that we had in Nate Miles. You, you know, and you just knew that they were always going to do the job and they'd aim up. Um, I think that's you know they weren't ones to pull off big shots or do anything like that. But mate, they were just so reliable and. Um, you, you, I guess, you know, Big Petro, not not too many guys were, you know, ever going to pick on you when Big Pet was in the team as well. So, yeah, mate, I guess enforcers a different way and different term, the way we talk about enforcers in the modern day game to, compared to the old days. But, um, you know, a guy like Felice Cafusi in your team, I think is really important. I think what it does is, 
you know, it's just, it does strike the fear into the halves that want to get, you know, dig deep into the line. You know, when he hits you like he's been hitting those halves, yeah. um, it just it it just sort of upsets the attack a little bit. So, you know, guys like that are, make are wonderful to have in your team. Well, Tati, you take us inside the sheds. You just said Pricey, Petro, Nate Mile. Who, who was who who was doing things before the game to either make you at ease or just to break the tension? Who who was the best at that? Oh, mate, I think um, Mel had this wonderful ability to, you know, just, oh, it's so hard. He just, he, we, we created such just a, a wonderful um, bond within the group and everyone was really respectful of the way they prepared themselves and got ready. Um, in the shed, and you've got obviously guys that are really serious and you've got your jokesters. You know, I remember Sean Berrigan being a bit of a jokester. He wasn't one to take things too serious, but, you know, an ultra competitor. Yeah. Um, what did he do? Did he used know, to take out his teeth or something, Barrow? Was oh, that... <laughs> yeah, well, he never had any teeth in his head there <laughs> most of the times. But, yeah, but about, you know, he was just a bit of a jokester and a prankster. And, yeah. You know, he, he just didn't take things too seriously. But, you know, once he crossed a stripe, you know, just just that fierce competitor come come out in him and, um, yeah, it's funny, mate. I just, you know, you, you, I remember sitting in those sheds and, you know, when you look across the sheds and you used to see Greg Inglis and he'd have that look in his eye, I reckon you could nearly get in a day one at camp and you knew what, which, you know, what sort of Greg Inglis was going to turn up and play Origin. And when he had that look in his eye and that, that stance about him and that aura when he, he was on, mate, there was nothing more exciting. Like, you know, you used to get around to each other and go, oh, Greg, he's on, you know, you used to get excited about it because you knew what he was going to do. So... Um, you know, that that's the sort of um, feeling you get when you're in the dressing shed, which is so important. You can never put a price on that sort of stuff. Tati, let, let me flip the conversation then. Who was the blue that you hated running into there in Forza oh, or Greg there? Bird, yeah. yeah, Greg Bird and Paul Gallon were, were two really tough competitors, mate. They, one, they were really grubby. Two, they were, you know, New South Wales best players. You know, they really were, yeah. and they were almost the heart and soul of that team. But mate, they, they were just ultra competitive too. And you know, did they ever get hard, you? Hit hard. Did they ever get you? Oh, they were yeah, in the middle. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, I remember one Origin in New South Wales. Like every time I ran the ball back, you know, to get your set started, you know, sort of running into Birdie, and he was pulling hair, pulling ears. Grabbing you on the old fella, he was doing everything. He was just an absolute <laughs> jerk of play against. <laughs> oh mate, he was terrible. He was absolutely shocking. But mate, get him off the field. He's one of the greatest guys you'd ever meet. So, um, but mate, hated playing against him. Like just hated him with an absolute passion. But um, get him off the field and yeah, wonderful fella to be around. Do I remember you putting a, a shot across the bow, or maybe across his chin, or maybe across his head of Paul Gallon? Yeah, I did. Not the smartest thing I've ever done in my time. Um, and then I crow-pecked Greg Bird on the ground, if you can remember. I get a lot of stick about that. It was, um, I was on top of... Um, well, I think Greggy was on top of... What are you, 12? Greg Bird. And I was on... Yeah. And I was on top of uh, G.I. And uh, Birdie Pet was just sitting there. And I I, I was going to punch him. And I thought, that's going to be a dog shot. So I crow-pecked him. And... Um, <laughs> Now all the boys reckon if you're getting a fight with me, I'll crow back you to death. So. 
not my finest Cry moment, fair. mate. Yeah. Cry fair. How good. Uh, <laughs> There's the yeah. origin moment. We, we, need to, we need to find that and play our origin moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, please do. I can't wait. <laughs> what have the commentators picked up on? Mate, I, before I let you go, I, I do have to ask you, um, the big game tomorrow night, and it is a belter. What about this? Broncos-Melbourne Storm. It is an age-old grudge match. It goes back to grand finals. It goes back to Craig Bellamy being part of the Broncos and then going into the Melbourne Storm system. It goes back to 2016, Tatey. That was the last time the Broncos beat Melbourne. 2016. It's a seven-year itch they haven't been able to scratch. Yeah, mate. It's It's been a great rivalry for a really long time. And um, Melbourne have been such a wonderful club, mate. But I, I do get the feeling that Melbourne aren't the same Melbourne they used to be. And I... I think a lot of clubs can smell blood in the water a little bit with Melbourne. They just don't have that, um, you know, they just don't have the quality of players that they've had playing for them over the last couple of years. And I think if you take Nelson out of that forward pack, mate, they they really struggle. So um, I think Bronx will get, I think Bronx will beat them. I think Bronx will beat them well. I think there's just way too much firepower. They're too confident. And as I said, I think most clubs are smelling a little bit of blood in the water with Melbourne. They just they just don't have the cattle that they used to have, mate, especially in the forwards. Um, so, look, I could be wrong, um, and most of the time I am, but I, I just think the Bronx <laughs> are too good and um, the tide's turned a little bit there with Melbourne. Well, okay, well, that's what I was going to say. Is it more Melbourne not being up to where they normally are or is it the fact that the Broncos are travelling pretty well? Oh, I think it's both, mate, to be honest. Yeah. As I said, I, I just... Melbourne this year just aren't the same Melbourne. Well, they, I think it's been a couple of years coming, to be honest, and I think this year probably more than ever they're, they're just not that team we're used to seeing, you know. Um, and, and Brisbane, mate, they're, you know, they're on top of the ladder for a reason. They've got a bunch of young kids that are just going great. They're confident. They've all played around that 50-odd games now. They know what it takes to win. And, um, mate, they deserve to be where they are because they've been playing fantastic footy. Nice one, mate. Before I let you keep going back to your crow pecking ways, one one question without <laughs> without notice, and this is coming off the back of Magic Round, where one of the things that stood out for me off the field was the amount of jerseys that were on display, and, and I'm talking from all eras, from all clubs, from all competitions. I saw a bloke wearing an original Valley's Die Hard jersey. Now I reckon he may have played in it in the fifties, and I'm so that gives you a spot of the age of the jersey and where he was and how old he was. But I saw dragons jerseys that had the pen folds on them, so the red V. I saw crushes jerseys, and it got me thinking. Like, and these were originals that that people had had because they didn't look brand new. You could see they were faded, you could see they were washed, you could see there was wear and tear. I'm thinking, how long have they had those jerseys? I wonder if it was their their first. And then what was the first, what was your first jersey, Tatey, that you ever got as a kid? Uh, oh, mate, I've kept all my jerseys from when I very when I first started. But I, I think the very first jersey I got to keep, mate, is my my uh, Redcliffe Dolphins um, ca- carnival jersey that I got to play in. It was under it used to be the under thirty five kilos. You used to go, you can only make it and play in the carnival if you weighed under thirty un, under that thirty five kilo threshold. So. Um, mate, I've still got that jersey at home, and um, it's it's one of my it's probably one of the best jerseys I've got to be honest. Um, oh, wow. I showed the kids it not that long ago. Yeah, um, yeah, it's awesome, mate. And, and I love Redcliffe. Like I, like I, I, I can't help but cheer for those guys at the moment just because of the connection that you got from playing all your juniors out there. So, um, yeah, mate, it's a real, really proud jersey that one, the Dolphins one. Was it a red and white or a white and red? 
Nah, she's Jesus, red that and white. Sound, that is probably the white. stupidest question I've ever asked. <laughs> was it red or white? <laughs> hey, but you know what I mean, right? What, was it red? red. <laughs> Predominantly red, Ben, and a little bit of white. There, there you go. go. So that's red and white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've had a shock at that. No, th- thanks for digging me out of that hole, mate. Thank you. You, you go back with your crow pecs, and I'll go back with my red and white and white and reds. Good on you, Tatey. See you, Benny. Thank Thanks, you, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. I went there, didn't I? Um, you know what I mean, right? Red and, red and white, or is it white with red? Yeah. Anyway. Um, th- <laughs> oh, dear. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, plenty to wade through there from Greg Bird pecking on the pecker to, to Tatey with his crow pecks. Jeez, it was birds and pecks and peckers everywhere. Um, look, jerseys, what, what was your first? And do you still have one? Or your most cherished? As I said, a magic round, they're all there. North Sydney Bears jerseys, they were coming out, but there was all the different vintages as well. I mean, the Newcastle Knights Henny Penny one was there. Uh, there were some that I hadn't seen before and had to really look up close and, and saw there was a it was a really weird Warriors one that was it was black and white or grey, like a shade of charcoal and white. But it had the Warriors badge on it. I don't remember that jersey, but obviously there was uh, groups of people wearing that. Um, f- first jersey. Do you still have it? What was it? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We're 14 away from 10. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. At four minutes past 10, thanks for your company. Mel Meninga coming up. He is standing by poised like a like a coiled spring ready to explode. Uh, we do Mal Meninger every week at this time, all thanks to Head uh, Chemist Warehouse. Head on in to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Uh, we've got some NBA that it's on uh, right now between Philly and Boston. It's in Boston's backyard, and the Celtics are struggling give you scores of that as the morning winds on. Uh, but right now I'm asking you for your origin non-negotiable when it comes to the Maroons pack. By my reckoning, if you take away the hookers, because Harry Grant and Ben Hunt pick themselves. So out of six in on the field, as far as the pack is concerned, and the three extras on the bench, or the four on the bench, take two away from that because your hookers and your utility are taken care of. So that leaves eight spots for, by my reckoning, 15 players. 15 players who have either played for Queensland and one who has an in Corey Horsburgh who should play for Queensland. So put your selector's hat on. Where do you start? Who is your first pick? Who is your non-negotiable when it comes to the Maroons pack for this year? The embarrassment of riches we have. For me, Felice Cafusi. He is an enforcer. You want someone that the opposition, i.e. the Blues, do not want to be running at. And Felice Cafusi's that man, isn't he? In the entire competition, there's no one more feared in my eyes. So Felice Cafusi is mine. Uh, plenty of texts coming through on this. Uh, Pat Carrigan, he's getting a start. No name on that text. Uh, Razor said Christian Welsh is a must-have. The only player who can do an interview with his mouth guard in and be understood. Razor's got his selection priorities right. What are yours? 13 13 55 0467 736 736.
Yeah, time to talk to a man who knows a thing or two about selecting a Maroons team. He did it quite successfully for the best part of the decade. Um, spring coil, I'm here. Oh, he's spring here. Spring coil. Oh, poised and ready to explain. <laughs> Mal, who's oh, your dear. non-negotiable when it comes to picking a Maroons forward this year? Take away the hookers, they pick themselves. Yeah. Um, I'll throw one in with the hookers, but um, Pat Carrigan for me, obviously. Um you know, the man of the series, Wally Lewis medalist last year, having a terrific year with the Broncos this year, made the Kangaroos. He's a great leader, young, great leader uh, of a footy team, and um, he certainly won't let you down. I believe, you know, what you said, Felice Kafusi as well, um, he's having a terrific year. <laughs> and, yeah, and like you say, you know, they don't want to run into him, you know, so, no. and he's just got, he just had, got that experience as well. I think it's really important at origin level. I asked you, though, Ben, do we need two hookers? Do we need, I mean, the utility, does the utility, I know we need the utility, that's what we generally go with. Yeah. Um, Harry Grant's playing, you know, 80 minutes of footy, you know, for, for Melbourne Storm. So I'm I'm thinking if I'm picking a Queensland team, does that 14 spot go to Benny Hunt? Where does Benny Hunt, where can Benny Hunt play? Or do you go to even a more versatile 14 like a Reese Walsh? Um, or, you know, or someone of that ilk who, you know, will be... Um, you know, damaging when they come on the footy field. So I think, you know, Billy's got a, a few headaches himself, you know, to pick um, what I think will be a really, really, really strong Queensland side. What about you? So you're not picking Ben Hunt? I'm I'm thinking about is Ben Hunt the best option at 14 for the Queensland side? That's what I'm thinking. You know, that's that's what that's what I'd be thinking now if I'm Billy Slater and the selectors. Does Reese Walsh get a get a, a chance to play because he could play hooker at a pinch. But Harry Grant's playing, you know, 80 minutes of footy with the Melbourne Storm. So, you know, Benny does come on and play a bit of 13 as well, which is great. That sort of works extremely well. Uh, but with the outside, the outside backs, you know, so you've got Roosh Walsh who could play full backing, play in the wing, play in the centres, play, play in the halves. Um, and I think he could play a bit like Kalen Ponga did, play that 14 spot and could, could come play yeah, you know, nine if needed be for short periods of time. That's that's the things that I'd be thinking about. You know, I mean, obviously, loyalty, you go all those factors, character, been there, done that, all those sort of things will come into play. I'm just throwing one out there. Perhaps, um, you know, the selectors could start thinking about a, a different option at 14. Mel, you just don't throw things out there. I reckon you've had conversations. No, I haven't. No, no. I'm just thinking that. <laughs> I'm thinking that. I'm thinking, well... Ben Hunt was your, Harry, your hooker of the well, World Cup. where does Harry play, you know? I'm sorry. Well, ben Hunt was your number nine at the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just I'm just saying what I'm saying. There's <laughs> Benny Hunt playing nine and Harry doesn't play. You know, it's, do we need two number nines? That's what I'm thinking at origin level. That's what I'm thinking now because um, it does work and New South Wales have employed the same sort of tactic. It does work international level as well. But you've got to think about, well, what if what if an outside back goes down? What happens? Obviously, Catewell plays there, but does, does, uh, does Catewell get picked in the footy team? You know, David Feeder's kind of really good, playing really good footy as well at the moment, you know? So it's, it's a, you know, it's a, you've got to cover cover all bases. It's worst case scenario yeah. than best case scenario, you know? So, so that's got why to think well, about that. Yeah, and that's why I think Catewell does get a start, Mal, because we saw how valuable he was last year when an outside back went down, Cobbo went down, yes. Catewell shifted out into the centres. And that's, right. that, that's happened on a number of occasions. So he, he's your cover. Or is David 
been a, a cover for the well, Kenny he can play centre. He's yeah, he can. Yeah, he, um, he's playing really terrific footy at the moment. We all know that he yeah. needs to be in the side, in my opinion. Um, it could be become a non-negotiable because he is an X an X X factor. Um, but yeah, he can he can push out and play play centre at a, a pinch. He's fitter and and uh, at this you know this stage of the career that he was you know in the past and you know he's doing a terrific job. So, but you know Capewell is a terrific player too. So yeah. these are the headaches. You got to think about these sort of things when you're picking a footy team. It's not just the the thirteen, the seventeen players are really really important. It's become a 17-man game in my opinion. I was going to save this for next week, but let's go now. You've opened the door. We're going to walk through it considering you've thrown out the Ben Hunt. Does he play? Or the Harry Grant does he play? Let, let's do this exercise Mal. I've got 15 names here to fit into eight yep. spots. You've given me yep. three. You've given me Kafusi, Carrigan and Fafita. That's, there's three yep. spots. <laughs> Who else makes your pack? Uh, well, you got to go front rowers, yep. and you know, Big Tino and uh, I think Lindsay Collins are lay down, so I think they they deserve to be there. Yeah, both part of uh, your Australian quite... squad at the World Cup, so yeah, yeah Lindsay yeah. Papali, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. If you go with with four front rowers, I think Ruben Cotter's the the other option at prop. You know, so someone like Christian Welsh does miss out uh, based on that. You know, um, Ruben had a fantastic game on the weekend, and it is a and he is a terrific player, you know, so he probably needs to be in the squad in, in some form. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven we're up to. And I'm saying eight because that gives you three on the bench and five on the field because we've taken the hookers out of it. Uh, okay, you see where I'm coming from here? Yeah, so, we, yeah. so yeah. I mean, Dave, Fafita fits in when yeah, got Cable Dave goes to the bench. All right, so you've got Kafusi, Carrigan, Fafita, Tino, Lindsay Collins, Josh Papalihi, and Reuben Cotter. You got the hooker, one hooker. One, yeah, one hooker, Harry and uh, or Hunt. Maybe two, maybe two with Benny Hunt. Okay, so the names that are missing. Well, you you said maybe Christian Welsh misses out. Uh, let me go down my list here. Tom we Gilbert, got Corey Horsberg. Yep, yeah, Corey Horsberg. So he 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 hasn't played for Queensland. No. Does he play? Is is he in your team? Well, for game one. I think he's in the squad, but game one, he deserves to be in the in the team. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Game one, I think, I think they all deserve to be, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. So they, you got to pick a team that you know is going to perform. In, in my opinion, so game one's really critical uh, to success of the Origin series, um, and it's a lot to do with you know combinations and cohesion. Guys that have been there, done that before, experienced. Mm. Uh, they are going to Adelaide. So it's it's on foreign soil, you know. Guys, some of those guys that we've talked about, you know, made their de- debuts down in Adelaide last time, you know. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think cohesion, combinations, experience, sort of holds up in game one, and then if you know, depending on what happens in game one, that then you start to maybe bring in a player or a couple of players that could strengthen the footy team. You don't know. The players that don't get the headlines, that don't get the raps, and we, we've seen them throughout the ages, like Bobby Lindner, Wally Fullerton-Smith, uh, Ash Harrison. Uh, now it's Jai Arrow. Yes. Does Jai Arrow get a start in your pack? Uh, at this stage, probably no. Tom, stage. Tom Gilbert? Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, it's, it's a really strong... Queensland, mm. you know, make up. It's 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 you know, um 
from a selector's point of view, it's it's a unenviable position, but it's but it's you know it's a good situation to be in, you know. So um, I think experience counts. Game one. So that was so, experience counts. So out of that, it's probably Jai Arrow or Capewell off our list. Yeah. As, as the yeah, most well, then if you've got confidence in Dave Fafita pushing out to the centres, well, then, yeah, you'd, you'd probably go that way, you know. And I think game one as well, you know, it's one on the forwards. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Um, it's really – it's a bit clunky, the game one. So, you know, you want to be controlling the footy and you just want to, you know, try to minimise your errors and stuff. So you, you, have, a, you have a plan around making sure that, you know, your middle's really solid and you don't uh, allow – you know, New South Wales to come through you basically. So you pick players that are going to, they're going to actually strengthen your middle and and that sort of character you want for to be a Queensland player. You know, you don't, you sort of, as you mentioned before, it's about that character. It's about, uh, you know, their personality and you know, are they Origin players or you know, are they a bit too fancy? You know, uh, but you pick those Origin players that are, you know won't let the team down. Mal, I, I put my faith and trust into an enforcer. That's just me. Maybe it's because I love seeing the big hits, but also I think they are pretty important when it comes to, you, you know, players that you can call out that you don't want to be running at. Who who, who yeah. was in your day when you were playing? Who was yep. the enforcer? Who was the one that you'd love playing either beside or at least maybe even behind that they would lead the yeah. attack in defence? Well, the unsung heroes, I call them, Real, realistically. You know, I go back to game one and... Rod Morris was was a big a big player in those those times, you know. So I mean, he was unassuming, um, but he got the job done. And players didn't want to play uh, against him. You know, they love playing with Rod. You know, the players I want play with. You know, so uh, Rocket Ready, I thought, and Rowan Hancock were instrumental in that that first year of yeah. the, their roles that they played in that footy team. You know, so this tough, uncompromising. You know, Rocket was you know renowned for his dirtiness, I guess, as a player. Um, I used to giggle. Yeah, every time I played with Rock, I used to giggle every time he went into a tackle or someone tried to tackle him. You know, he's got his knees in or his elbows up or, you know, he, he'll step on a hand or he have his hand in someone's face or other parts of their, you know, other parts of their anatomy, you know. So I used to, <laughs> all I used accidental, to of course, right? Accidental, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I used to giggle all the time on the footy field just watching him play. I just love playing playing footy with him, but he used to get under their skin, the opposition's skin, all the time. And and the, the whole idea around that enforcer is that you know, obviously they're not thinking about the footy; they're thinking about being tackled, or they think about thinking about well, yeah. what's he going to do to me next, sort of thing, you know. So it actually puts them off, you know, gets them thinking about other things except what they should be doing. So, and then Wally, you know, Wally Fulton Smith, I love playing with him, and you know, I, I know when I run on onto a footy field, they're never going to run at him. You know, like Trevor Gilmeister, yeah. and they're never going to run at him. You know, uh, they're going to try to to avoid him as best they can. I just love players playing like that. And um, you know, when I was coaching, I used to, you know, I had a pension, I guess, for players that you know our players love to play with, but the player, the opposition players, love to hate or hated playing against. You know, so um, but all those sort of characters, they're, they're sort of characters as well. You know, Rocket was a Extreme character, you know, still is like, you know. Yeah. I went on kangaroo tours with him and fair nickum. It was, it was to make you laugh all the time. 
Well, well, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of uh, characters. I mean, Brent Tate spoke about Sean Berrigan, uh, hell of a player, yeah. but uh, just also away from the field. I, I, I remember hearing yourself, Wally Trevor Gilmaster, talk about Peter Jackson, the late great Peter Jackson. Yeah, exactly. he, he he was a ripper, wasn't he? Away from the field. Oh yeah, Melendamouth we used to call him. That was his nickname, Melendamouth. <laughs> well, he used to have up tip, upset tummy every time he come to training. And that was probably caused from excess alcohol, I would suggest here. <laughs> but did he drive the bus Head. one day? Sorry? Oh, no, no, it was a bit, no, he wasn't driving the bus. He, no, Wally... no, no, you know, it was, um, yeah, it was Wally, yeah, Wally, and he, That's right. yeah, him and a big Arthur, <laughs> Arthur, Arthur's gone through the front windscreen with Wally's driving, you know, so trying to get on the bus, uh, he took off and big Arthur, you know, big backside found the front windscreen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to drive up and down. I think it was um, Adelaide Street and Queen Street when it wasn't a mall. And we used to do kangaroo hops in this bus and while he's driving. And then we're like 10-year-old kids giggling and carrying on. And we got the wind, windscreen wipers on and we got the, uh, the the water spouts spouting at people and people are going over people and people looking up and seeing if there's birds or, you know, someone's done something from one of the high-rise high, high rise buildings and things like that. We used to... We well, used to fair income. You know, we're kids. We're kids. <laughs> and it's the Queensland State of Origin team that's ter- terrorising the locals. I love that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just so funny, you know. And then, you know, yeah. You Mid- imagine this bus, mini bus, you know, yeah. but with with eighteen odd players on us, you know, kangaroo hopping down Queen Street. Mallard, Texas. We all got our own gear on. <laughs> imagine, man, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen these days. But I guess that's what made it so much fun and, and made everyone come together. <laughs> well, there's and no, just that bond. There's no mobile phones and no. cameras in those days, Ben. Mm, no, very true. Very true. Mal, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring. I'm going to bring you back to to Earth here. Or Michael is at least on text. Michael has said, Mal, have you watched any of South's games this year? Jai's been one of their best forwards, head and shoulders above Cotter. Cotter's played one good game all year. Arrow ticks every box. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> we're, we're trying to – I mean, this is just my, my feelings on it all. I mean, yeah. Ruben had a fantastic series last year and a fantastic year. I'm just saying. I mean, you, you come back to into form on the weekend. Um, and, and I'm not questioning – if Jai gets picked over Ruben, I'm not saying that, you know, it's undeserved. I think, yeah, he has been really good for – for the Rabbitohs this year, you know, so he, I think Jai's probably about played about four or five games this year. He come back a bit late, um, but you know, I mean, anyone, anyone will do a really good job. I'm just, yeah. we're just speculating at the moment. We're not selectors, we're speculators. And uh, you <laughs> asked me a question about, you know, <laughs> toughness and ruthlessness, which we're after with Origin players, and Jai, you know, meets that, you know, meets that criteria. So mm. yeah, I've got no problems with Jai. I'm just saying that Ruben Cotter. What he did, what he did in game one last year, remind should remind us all about the ability of Reuben Connor. Yeah. he's a middle player. He played on on an edge, and we lost. Well, lost Kafusi, I think, um, early in the game. And he played an edge. He's never played edge before. Um, he's played hooker before. Is this his versatility? He played edge, and it was unbelievable. He played eighty minutes. Eighty minutes. Fifty one tackles from from memory. Fifty one yeah. tackles. Unbelievable. In his one and only origin game as well, because yes. we lost him to a, a hamstring injury uh, in that, well, the warming up against Manly. Uh, Mel, it's 21 minutes past 10 for those of you playing at home. Can you hang on? Because I, I want to talk about some local footy. When I say locals, you've had a big coup down at the Titans. You've signed another one uh, long term who may have been 
uh, on the way out because there were a lot of clubs circling. And I want to get your take on the Broncos-Melbourne. Huge game tomorrow night, but we do need to take a quick break. Uh, Mal Meninga with this 13-13-55-0467-736 if you want to join in here on SENQ. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Game five of the NBA semis. This one is locked up two games apiece. It is Philly and Boston. Ten points separates them in Philly's favour. 51 to 41. We're two minutes 25 uh, from the end of the second term. So heading into half time, it's Philly doing a job on Boston in their backyard as well. Uh, Mel Meninga, as he is every Wednesday, is on the line, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today. Grab Ink Protein, powering tomorrow today. Mal, powering the Titans is the re-signing of Jaden Campbell. We woke up to that this morning. Um, You've got a few locked in now long term. The club seems to be getting its stuff together. I was about to say something else. (laughs) Seems to be. Well, I mean, you've got Jaden till the end of 26. Now you've got uh, Dave Fafita, Tino, AJ Brimson, Bo Fermor. Uh, Keanu Kinney and now Jaden Campbell. You've got a lot of fullbacks yeah, there. Khan Pereira as well. Oh, yeah, so true. That's right. Into, in a 26 and quite a few of them locked into 25. I just think it's a vote of confidence with the players and where they think the club is he- heading and um, obviously the coaching and the environment they're, they're in. Obviously, you know, Jaden's a, a local kid and he mentioned he wanted, you know, his ideal world where he, he plays one club player and played on the Gold Coast for the rest of his, his footy life. So, but he's a Terrific talent and, again, a vote of confidence for where the club is heading, Ben. How hard did you have to keep him? I know he said, Dad said, stay where you are, stay at the Gold Coast. Yeah, no, he wanted to stay too. Yeah, no, he stay. but he had, he, a, he had a few offers. Right. He had a few offers. Yeah, he had a few few offers and, and fair enough, he, you know, he filled with those offers. But um, at the end of the day, um, we we met the market really, you know, um, and, and um, you know, we managed to sign him on, which is, you know, fantastic news. Helen's Vale High boy, which is fantastic, but is he a bench boy? Because he just can't seem to lock down a spot. It's almost like he's always filling in. He's your Mr. Fix-It, but any yes. other team you'd think he'd be in the starting 13. Yeah, well, it's part of his growth as well. I I, I, I like the way that they're bringing him through. Um, you know, he's as, as he's maturing and getting more experience and his body's getting um, a lot more, you know, getting stronger, I guess, um, the ability to play a number of positions, I think, is ideal because he is a, you know, ideally he's a fullback, and as a fullback, you know, you need to understand what what everyone's roles are in each position. So, like, that's a that's a good growth thing for him at the moment. Um, and he hasn't put his head down; he just, you know, takes on those positions, um, you know, really, really well, and with you know, positive attitude. So, you know, it's it's only going to help him, you know, down the track to the things that he's doing at the moment. There's no doubt about that. All right, you take on the Knights uh, in Newcastle on Sunday after their uh, week in Bali. So we'll see how – I know it was only a few of them that went, but they're coming off the, the bye. The, the the big game, though, the thing that kicks us off as far as round 11 is concerned, Broncos and Storm tomorrow night. This is always a belter on the calendar whenever it is. It's a grudge match. There's a lot of history between the two teams. But the history is in Melbourne's favour. This is the biggest hoodoo the Broncos have, Mal. They have not beaten Melbourne since 2016. Yeah. I mean... Are they a chance to break Melbourne, that hoodoo? Yeah, they are. I, I, 
I'm really impressed with you know the way the Broncos are going at the moment. You know, so um, they're really well in control. Their forwards are you know terrific forward pack uh, off the back of. Aaron Reynolds' kicking game and the the excitement machines of the outside backs, you know, Wish Wish Reese Walsh is mm. Walsh is sorry part of all that, um, but they'll be playing a very determined Melbourne team after uh, the, their loss last weekend. I don't think Craig was very happy with the way they played and then executed very clunky with the football at home. Um, they'll be a different proposition. So, like you mentioned, it'll be. One of the games of the round, there's no doubt about that. And the Melbourne Storm will be well prepared this week. Mal, the, it's round. We've we've seen we've seen ten rounds so far of the competition. Are we are we any clearer? Is there any standouts uh, when it comes to, I don't know, looking at two months ago when the competition was fresh? Are we any wiser as to how this is going to end up? Um, I think I think the the usuals will, will be there. Um, it's just a matter of. You know, that mid-range again, all those teams that are playing really well at the moment um, and winning games, um, who will sort of hang in there, be consistent and and finish up in the in the top eight. Um, but you, you usual, I think the Broncos are deservedly will be in the top four. Um, you know, obviously there's talk about you know, how they get through the Origin program is going to be really important, but I feel that you know, with the Broncos, they'll, they'll lose Carrigan, there's no doubt. They may lose Capewell, not quite sure. Uh, may, obviously, Cobo will go mm. um, as well. They might they might lose uh, Reese Walsh, you know, to it all. So they're not going to be us. overburdened. And Payne House, sorry. Mm. Yeah. So they're not going to be overburdened with, with um, you know, players being out. I think there's a fair share of clubs, you know, uh, with players who will make up the Queensland team. So... But there, that is a very important period through through Origin, how they how you get through it. But I think the lessons learnt from last year, and obviously they're a lot wiser, a lot more experienced. So I think they'll they'll end up in the top four. Um, there's no doubt the Rabbitohs are, you know, everyone's talking about favourite favourite teams at the moment. They've been really good lately, uh, defensively outstanding for for Rabbitohs side. And then you know Panthers and and the Storm, and you got. I mean, the Roosters are struggling at the moment, but so those four teams, I think, will you know be at the top of the ladder, and then there's a big fight for you know the bottom four. Well, Mal, I'm looking at the table. So third place Panthers on 12 points, and there's a couple of teams, including the Dolphins and the Storm, on that. So then you have to go all the way down to 11th with the, just yeah. the Warriors on 10 points. So two yeah. points separates third and 11th. That's right. Yeah. So that's why I say that it's. Uh, and each each week the the competition is really even and ran with those all those teams, you know. Um, so it's it's a really entertaining competition. Mm. You know, supporters go to the games and they they believe that their team can win, you know. So which is fantastic for the game, you know. So, but it's the consistent ones, the ones that get their their performances up each week, and that all comes down to their preparation being being strict and disciplined with the way they prepare for games because that's what gets them consistent on the footy field. So those those teams that can do that, the players individually who can do that for their teams, um, you know, then the teams will start to get rewarded with two points. So it's going to be interesting. 
It will be indeed, mate. We'll keep an eye on it. It all starts tomorrow night. The Broncos and Melbourne Storm. You'll be able to hear that match right here on SENQ. Uh, Mal, look forward to hearing you too tomorrow on the throwdown. We've just spent half an hour of power with you on Immortal Wednesday. That's, I think, the name we've come up with rather than yours from last week. It's been, it's been an what, have I, what did I say? Well, you know what you, you said. can't remember. No, I yeah, do. I it did start yeah, with a no. W. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think of any other W. That's the problem. <laughs> Wally. Uh, all right. 20, <laughs> 25 away from 11. Uh, Mal, we'll catch you next week. Mal Meninga, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Time for a news hit. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Yeah, four minutes past 11. Thank you for your company this hour. We have 11 a.m. mayhem, which is going to be just a little bit later because of our special guest we're about to fly into. And we'll be catching up with a legend of sport, not only in this city, in this state. But right now... Flat pass to Hess. Ball away. Try to Cotter. Next to the post. Yeah, welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, the North Queensland Cowboys. They got the job done over the Roosters. In fact, they plucked the Chooks big time in Magic Round. Now they have to back it up against the Dragons. And that man, the first try scorer. Uh, yes, many people collected on that. Reuben Cotter joins us here on SENQ. Reuben, thanks for your company this morning, mate. Uh, how are you feeling after that? You, the nudie runs no more. <laughs> nah, got the I got that off the list. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, feeling good after the after the win. It was a yeah, it was a good performance from our boys. Good performance, and it's rewarded by no changes to the lineup, which is a rarity this year in your part of the world. It's it, it hasn't been too many rounds. In fact, I think I, I can yeah. only remember one where you've had an unchanged lineup. Yeah, it's it's a bit tough. Um, you know, when players are in or out of the side. Uh, you know, due to injury or suspension, but um, that's good for a change. Yeah, we're excited, excited to come up against Dragons at home this weekend. So, yeah. All right, what type of mood do you think they'll be in? Obviously, Ben Hunt playing his 300th, your state of origin and Australian teammate, but they've got a lot of off-field stuff swirling around them, haven't they? Yeah, I think they'll they'll be up for the challenge, but they'll be um, they'll be firing and ready to go. Um, on the weekend, so um, we we just got to focus on us. Yep. Uh, it's what we did last week, and we focused on uh, our effort areas, and um, you know it was good. It was good. It's, we sort of haven't had that. I feel this year, um, and it was yeah, it was a good performance, and yeah, I'm sure the Dragons will be ready to go. What about you? Besides the the try, it's it's the other stuff, and you speak you speak about those effort areas. Four tackle breaks, 49 post contact meters. 36 tackles. You are a tackling machine. We know that, and nearly 150 meters. So it's a it's a it's a massive effort, and it's why. I mean that that's your job. That's what you've got to do. That's what you do now as a as a Queensland and yeah. a Test player. Yeah, uh, you know, with uh, Jace being out, um, you know, he's he's massive in all those areas, and um, you know, the whole forward pack had to step up, and um, yeah, that's my job is to. Uh, run hard and tackle hard, so um, that's my focus each week. Run hard, tackle hard. It's it's simple, isn't it? Yeah, it's a simple game. 
<laughs> a very, very, very simple way of putting it, but it's a lot harder than that, mate. When, when it comes to when it comes to state of origin, and we've been talking about this this morning, and you, you're getting a fair bit of love here because I was running the rule through the Queensland forward pack and how many and how much depth there is to pick from. Obviously, you are up there, and I'm asking people who's their non-negotiable to to have in the side. Who who's the first pick, basically? Um, who, if you were picking and wanting to play beside, who would you have beside you? Who's the player you want to have beside you in the trenches when it comes to state of origin? Um, well, I'd have to go with um, Tommy Gilbert. Um, he's, a, he's a good mate of mine, and um, you know, you know, we we played some footy together last year, and. I just I love t- taking the field beside him. I know that um, he's going to give his give his all um, in in everything he does, and uh, he works really hard defensively for you. He never lets you down. So um, in the big games, that's that's what that's who you want. You, that's who you want in the field. And um, you know he's a, he's a great bloke and he's a great player. So he's, he's someone I'd have in my team for sure. Well, I'll tell you what, mate. Mal-, Mal Meninga was saying pretty much the same words about you. Mal- Mal's been a big supporter of yours. I know what you did in Origin and having that, I'm going to call it a dream debut, where you come on and play 80 minutes and make 50-plus tackles. It was just unbelievable. But injury ruled you out of the next couple of games. Still pick for Australia, winning a World Cup. Mal had a lot of faith in you. How much do you credit him and, and, and his faith in you to where you are now? Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's enormous. Um, he's a, he's a great coach and, um, more importantly, a great person and, uh, someone I got along with really well, uh, in camp and, um, you know, the style of player he was back in the day was, um, you know, someone that I sort of try and base, base my game off and, uh, even though he was an outside back, uh, he was, you know, very physical, and that's what I try and bring to um, bring into my footy is being physical, and um, yeah, he's someone I look up to. He's, yeah, he's good. But someone that you may have to look across at on the park if uh, if you uh, line up for the Maroons is Josh Adokar. It's someone that wasn't picked for the Blues last year, but he was part of the Australian squad and killed it over there for the Kangaroos at the World yeah. Cup, and and now he's. Uh, being picked to play for the Bulldogs, coming back early from an ankle injury. Do you think or do you expect to see Josh Adokar wearing a blue jersey this year? Um, I think he'd be, you know, a good inclusion if they if they added him in. And I think he's, you know, he's a, he's a good as he's one of the best wingers in the comp. And um, you know what he brings, energy wise and and um, you know talk wise, he's he's when he's when he's on, he's on. So uh, he's hard to stop. So. I think if he if he gets the opportunity, he'll he'll take it. Yeah. What does he bring to a teammate off the field? Because he does he does talk, he does chirp a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he's the he's the energy. He's the life of the life of the party. Um, he's a he's a great bloke, and he's he's funny. He's always he's always got something for you. He's always good to have a yarn with, and um, yeah, he leaves you in stitches most conversation. So yeah. Reuben Cotton, my guest this morning from North Queensland Cowboys in Townsville. They host the Dragons this Saturday. Mate, I know we've been just talking origin for the last couple of minutes, and it's that time of year, isn't it? We're three weeks out from game one. You're right up there in the frame. Do you allow yourself to think about it at this time of year? It's hard not to for 
fans, but what about it players? Do you, do you have to shut it out or do you see, let yourself think about it and enjoy it? No, I, I tend to try and shut it out. I try not to think about it um, too much at all. I, I like to focus on each week um, and keep my game, you know, pretty internal. And um, that's how we are here at, at the Cowboys. And we like to, you know, focus on focus on our job each week. And um, I think that's the best way to go about it. And I, that's the that's the way I sort of look at my footy each week and um, you know take it game by game. So it's something I'll continue to do. All right, well, we have a look after that win uh, against the Roosters. Uh, you, you've you've leapt up the ladder. When I say leapt up, 14th spot, which doesn't sound too flash, but you're only one win away from the Warriors in 11th, and then only two points separates 11th and 3rd. So we know how quickly this competition can change if you string back-to-back yeah. wins. Is, is that what, even though you're looking at one week at a time, that old cliche, but do you actually look forward a little bit and go, right, we, we could get on a roll here? Yeah, well, definitely. That's We've spoken about it as a group as, you know, this this period, this period of, um, you know, origin period and this month of footy, especially for us um, with having a few injuries and suspensions. So, um, you know, we spoke about how important this next period is. Um, and if we can, you know, as you said, we're only a couple of wins away from the eight. It's a, t- it's a tight comp this year, so um, you know we need to work hard this weekend and, and um, keep building on um, last week's performance. So um, yeah, it's not over yet. It's only no, early on. No, exactly right. You've got the Dragons this week, and then you've got the Tigers next weekend. So that that's, I mean, they're two very tasty propositions, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. We can't get ahead of ourselves either. So um, you know. We just got to focus on us as a team and and build on last week's performance and and it's, it sounds pretty boring but it's it's honestly how what we need to focus on and and all those little things and effort areas in our game and our our style of footy we need to get back to that and build on last week. Outstanding stuff, Ruben. Appreciate it. Hey mate, before I let you go, I'm asking uh, those listening today about their. Their first jerseys that they ever got, bought, were given, uh, maybe still have. Because at Magic Round on the weekend, and I don't know if you were able to soak this up when you were there playing or even in the stands watching before or afterwards, but the amount of jerseys and the variety of jerseys on display were unbelievable. And and from teams that, well, some don't even exist anymore. Uh, like the Crushers yeah. and, and, and Valleys here in Brisbane, uh, North Sydney Bears. Do you remember your first jersey? Do you, do you still have it as a kid growing up? What was it? Yeah, I think mum and dad have it. It was an old Cowboys jersey, but it was a hand-me-down uh, from my brother. Yeah. So it was actually his first jersey. And then um, as he grew, I sort of got got that one. So I can't remember what year it was, but it might have been uh, early 2000s, maybe. Yeah, okay. What? So what style was that? Would that would they have the grey and the blue in it? Or am I going too far? Uh, it had the dark... Dark, that's too far back, I think. It okay. had the yellow and uh, dark blue. Um, so anyone, maybe. Anyone's, no, anyone's name no, or number anyway. on the back? No, nah, no one. It was just a just a cheap one, I think, from, from Big W. <laughs> but it, we loved it. We loved supporting um, the Cowboys. That was my favourite team. So I thought it was pretty cool as a kid. 
Mate, leave that name blank. He's going to put your own on it now. Outstanding stuff. Mate, we wish you all the best for Saturday come the Dragons. Uh, moving forward for the Tigers as well. And uh, and hopefully you get a call from uh, Billy in a couple of weeks' time as well. Appreciate you joining us today. Cheers, Brian. Thanks for having me, mate. There we go. Re- Reuben Cotter, the, the mullet man. Man of a few words, but his job is just very basic and very simple, isn't it? Just run hard, tackle hard. That's what you want from a middle forward. Is he part of your non-negotiable or the one that has to be there come origin in three weeks' time? 13, 13, 55, That's the trigger now. Midday, well, no, not midday, 11 a.m. mayhem. It's getting closer to midday than it is 11 a.m., isn't it? Call now. You will get on. 13, 13, 55, 11 a.m. mayhem. Just a little bit late so we can slip in Reuben Cotter there in between his training sessions. Anything on your chest, anything you want to get off it, any topic at all to talk about, let's go. We've got a Lions and Essendon double pass this Saturday night up for grabs. It'll be going to the caller of the day. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. At 21 minutes past 11, 13, 13, 55. It is our Wednesday version of 11am Mayhem. You call, you get on, whatever you want to talk about, get it off your chest. Uh, Maccas, we are doing it today thanks to them. They are proud sponsors of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport in Queensland. Actually, I've got to mention this. Patton Heels every week will be choosing a junior sporting team from around the Great Southeast to be that Little Legends team of the week. And it makes things even better because the winning team will receive a free meal at Maccas. To enter your junior sporting team, this is the important bit, into the Maccas Little Legends competition, simply head to our website, sen.com.au forward slash win. So sen.com.au forward slash win. And you can go into the draw for the Pat and Heels Macca's Little Legends. They are proud supporters of grassroots sport here in Queensland. On Mornings with Ben Davis, it's your chance to get it off your chest. No sporting topic is off limits. It's the 11am mayhem. Yes, we have tickets to give away to the Lions and Essendon. A Saturday night, it's the only footy in town this weekend. Let's kick it off. I reckon he waits. I reckon he waits until 11 o'clock on Wednesday to pick up the phone. Jace is out at Hendra. Jace. Benny. Good morning to you. (laughs) You're right. And I'm sorry I didn't call last week. I was in therapy. (laughs) Just wanted me to calm down a little. <laughs> what's um, what, what's under your skin this week, Jase? Dare I ask? Well, I've been having a few conversations with a few mates, mm. and I think the first pick for the Queensland team this year, the State of Origin, has to be Tommy Flegler. It's got to be the first because you know wow. what Australia, I mean Queensland needs. What's that? We need mongrel, Benny. Mm. We need mongrel. <laughs> we aren't going to win it by being nice. It's a lovely state to come and visit, but don't come up here and take our shields. Tommy Flegler brings the mongrel? Yes, plenty of it. Plenty. He's, he's he... starting to get himself under a little bit of wraps. He's, he's okay. Yeah. He was outside there a little bit. He was at the judiciary a lot. <laughs> he's calmed down. Maybe the same therapy place as me. 
He, he's a redhead, and every team needs a redhead, don't they? Oh, you said it. Fire up, Fanta Pants. That's what I'm going to be yelling out. <laughs> oh, dear. Fanta Pants. Are you uh, right, Benny? No, I'm not. Fanta Pants. I haven't heard that since I was 12. Um, <laughs> Fanta Pants. Tommy Flegler, first picked. All right, you've gone the redhead. I've gone the... Well, I've gone Felice Cafusi. He's got no hair. Does that matter? He's the enforcer. Um, 13, 13, 13. Makes a better headline, doesn't it? Fire up Santa Pants. The State of Origin won. <laughs> it, it does, Jace. Um, quick, take a deep breath of X and a lie down. Um, we will put you in the draw for the Lions and Essendon <laughs> tickets. Oh, glad he's back from... Therapy? Dear, dear, dear. Jason out at Hendra. Uh, 13, 13, 55. Does Fanta Pants get a call up for State of Origin for you? Is he the non-negotiable, the first picked? <clears throat> so many to pick from, from the Queensland pack. I think you need an enforcer. Yeah, Tommy Flegger can play that role. I reckon Felice Cafusi can play it better. Um, Razor, good morning to you. It's been a while. Um, you've got to follow Jace. It's always a hard act. What have you got for us? Oh, my God. Ben, <laughs> I'm a bit angry and I'm, I'm sort of wondering why we only get two days of you on the radio up here in Queensland and I'm not getting any response from your management team. So that's why I'm ringing you. Jeez, um, mate, that, that's, no, making, that's making you angry. I thought that would make many pleased. <laughs> hey, uh, don't get me wrong, mate. You, the other people are good, but they're no Ben Davis. So <laughs> I'm just wondering why we're only getting two days of Queensland representation on our... 693 SEN station up here. Razor, it's very nice of you to say that, and thank you. I know flattery is the uh, well. I mean, are you after the tickets? Is that what is that what this is about? Building it, about building and buttering me up for the tickets. Um, look, look, Maddie Johns no, does no, a fantastic. Oh, Maddie Johns does a fantastic job on Monday and Friday, so that only leaves three days. Maddie White's got to get there as well because you know, anyway, yeah, no, two days, two days is good. Two days is good. Oh God, I'd love to. I'd love to be here seven days. But there's only so much we can take, isn't there, Razor? Right, Ben. Mm. We we you know we get a lot of this New South Wales bias stuff on the Queensland radios. We need a bit more Queensland. We get a bit more AFL out of you. So we try and spread the love, mate. Thank you. We try and spread the love. Thank you, Razor. Beautiful. Um, it's it is very nice, very nice uh, message. Um. 11 a.m. mayhem. There we go. 13, 13, 55. No, I'm not going to give you the text. I don't want your text. Uh, I, I want you to call. Exactly. Uh, look, speaking of AFL, uh, I will raise it. You've just, you've just triggered something in me. Yesterday, we had a massive response, massive response from you, rebooing at sport. It did raise its head in the AFL over the weekend. Buddy Franklin Collingwood. We all saw this. We've all heard this as well. Collingwood fans booing Buddy Franklin. So what? Buddy Franklin is a champion of the game and he's on the opposition. Don't you boo the opposition's best player? Of course you do. And this is all part of entertainment. There's nothing and no malice in this as far as I'm concerned. It's not the colour of his skin. It's the colour of his jersey or the colour of his jumper. We boo Paul Gallen in State of Origin. Yes, we did. We boo Latrell Mitchell in State of Origin. Yes, we do. Because they wear blue. Wally Lewis got booed wearing the green and gold in Sydney. That was very ordinary because you've got to respect the office of Captain of Australia, I would have thought. 
but being booed by your home fans, that's ordinary stuff. Still, it happens. Crowds are able to do that. Fans are able to do that. And this is not an idea of, well, I pay my ticket and I'm able to do whatever I want. No, no, no. This is about the entertainment and the theatre of sport. Entertainment. Entertainment when you go back to the Colosseum days and the Romans throwing people to the lions and then you go through the centuries and you see it as far as Shakespeare and and pantomimes and people going to the theatre there and they'd always boo the villain. He's behind you. He's behind you. It's been going on forever and a day. For every hero, you need a villain. I was scratching my head and, and still scratching my head at the idea of Collingwood coming out and apologizing for their fans and saying, this is not on. And then it's gone even further. Sam Mitchell, who is now the Hawthorne coach and a former teammate of Buddy Franklin. Well, he had his take on it. This was yesterday. I don't understand why you would boo Buddy Franklin. He's been a champion of the game. He's never been a um, someone who I would consider that. I mean, he's kicked a 1,000 goals and he's brought some of the great moments to our sport over such a long period of time, personally and to the whole game as a collective. So uh, I thought... I thought Collingwood as a club handled the statement well and um, certainly from a Hawthorne perspective, I would hope that we're not going to be heading down that path to anyone um, in that situation. So for the Hawthorne fans out there, I'd prefer that we didn't boo, please. Oh, for the love of God, really? Really? Telling your fans not to boo? Oh, well, we're telling them not to cheer either? Isn't it part of the theatre of it? We can't be going down this path. We, we just can't be. It, it, it's... Woke, is that the... No, it's not... Politically correct? Is that what it is? PCBS? I mean, come on. Booing's okay. It's all right. So long as there's no malice or intent or or some sort of darker undercurrent to it. But booing's okay at sport, in the theatre, all part of entertainment. Every hero needs a villain, don't they? 131355 736 Peach, what have you got to say? I love you too, Benny, but I think we should see other people. How about some tickets? <laughs> He's taking the opposite approach to Razor. Uh, all right, we're going to uh, go to the draw very shortly. Lions, Essendon tickets coming up right now. It's a news hit. Uh, and then, oh, and then we'll be back with an absolute legend of sport, an icon of sport in this city. In this state. Oh, I cannot wait for this for where are they now? Wednesdays. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Ben Davis. Uh, Matt, thank you for your text. He says, Ben, rebuddy Franklin booing. I'm a Geelong Cats supporter and I listen to Gary Ablett Sr., Gary Ablett Jr., Joel Selwood, even Paddy Dangerfield get booed at opposition games. The booing was never raised as an issue. I worry that it is only because they're trying to link Buddy Franklin to the Adam Goods issue, which was completely different. I hope that everyone can understand that fans don't boo on race, religion and other things. Supporters just seem to boo the opposition's best players. Matt, I think it is as simple as that. Thank you for shedding some very sane light on this. Uh, doing it this morning, all thanks to Macca's proud sponsors of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland.
Yeah, seven and a half away from midday. This man has come to the rescue. I had planned to be speaking to Leaping Leroy Loggins, which I will do coming down the track, but he's had a work emergency. So we had to break glass in case of emergency. And we came up with a man who, yes, I did want to be part of this segment. And we're going to do it today right now. So coming off the bench in spectacular fashion, as he has want to do in his entire career, I'm speaking to none other than Broncos legend and, dare I say, Blues legend, Mick DeVere. Michael, a very good morning to you. Great to talk to you. G'day, Benny. Good to talk to you, mate. Now, where are you now? Are you still at the Broncos? I am, mate. I am. I'm, I'm on the staff there. I just uh, just bought up 25 years, actually. Uh, I've, I've been at the Broncos. It's, uh, I just had to pinch myself to realise I was there that long. But um, I really enjoyed my time there. I had 10 years as a player. And uh, when I retired, I had a couple of years in England. And then when I came back from, from playing over in England, uh, retired from playing and decided to go back and work in coaching and development. So I've been on the, on the staff there at the Broncos there for um, just over 15 years now. So, uh, which has brought up my 25 years with the club. So uh, very, very proud. It's been a great honor to obviously play there and obviously work there and be a part of the place. It's, it's more than a job uh, being at the Broncos. It's um, certainly a passion that I'm very proud of. Well said, mate, and congratulations on that. 25 years in doing anything is is to be congratulated and to do it at the one club, brilliant. I mean, I know there was that Sergio in overseas as well. If my memory serves me correctly, you, you went overseas. Did you come back and play almost like an Alfie cameo for the Broncos after playing overseas, or am I making that up? I I did for a short time. I was retired for a couple of years, and then uh, uh, Wayne Wayne Bennett uh, went to the Dragons, and Ivan Henjak came in as coach, and and I played under Ivan in my first year. I signed back with the club back in '95 and played reserve grade in '96 under Ivan Henjak, and and um, you know, I had a lot of respect for, and I enjoyed being under him. And then he, he was the first grade coach back then in 2009 yeah. and he actually asked me to, I was just working in coaching development, he asked me to come back and uh, and play, would I come back and play and be like a bit of a mentor for the younger guys and, and be a senior player because we had a lot of senior players leave uh, those couple of years ago, Pet, Petro went to, to the Panthers and That's Brad right. Thorne and retired and, and Sean Berrigan and those guys, a lot of guys that have been there for a long time that were senior players had left so yeah, he, he asked me to come back and I sort of, uh, I didn't really have the desire, but I did it just for him and just for the, uh, out of respect for him and to help the club and, and do all that. So I was, I was working full time and, and um, doing the, I did, did the five months of pre-season, <laughs> come back and played for a bit, then realised uh, realised I'd stay retired. But, um, <laughs> I, just, uh, didn't, I didn't have the same desire. I'd achieved all my goals. I was fortunate to, to win, you know, win premierships and play play Origin and play for Australia. And I, then I played over in England. I, I, so I wasn't as hungry anymore. And I, I just wanted to, you know, I didn't want to keep going along and going through the motions. I sort of, sort of um, hung up the boots and decided to hand it over to the young guys uh, that, that were more hungry than me. Yeah, so. Mate, I'm glad you mentioned Origin in Australia. Four tests for Australia, but Origin, and as much as you're a blue and it pained us to see you play against the Maroons, you did provide us, and you know where I'm going with this, you did provide us with a moment that was part of Origin folklore and it changed, it changed the way that the medicos do things now. The staples yeah. in the head, mate. Mate, mate. Yeah, the old staple gun. into I think that's what most people remember me by. Uh, Sorry yeah, about that. Staples, but uh, <laughs> mate, that's that's actually twenty years this year. The uh, 
the stable game. This was the first first game, first origin back at the, the new Suncorp Stadium um, after oh, yeah. it was redeveloped, and so it was. Uh, yeah, it was certainly a um, yeah a great moment. Um, yeah, I think it. I actually how it happened is I had a head clash with Justin Hodges and um and I was I was a bit concussed. I mean these days they take you off yeah. HIA straight away, but back then uh, you know it was it was just do whatever you can to stop the bleeding and and get it stay on the field. So um you know I was a bit concussed then and there. It was, I think we had a line dropout and um, coming off our line and then next thing the doctor said hold still, hold still and he pulled out the staple gun and gone bang, 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 bang and put about seven or eight staples in there. Uh, it was a it was a shock to I think it was a shock to everyone watching, you know, a million people on T V and fifty thousand at the ground. Was it a shock it to was you? A shock to me as well. It was a shock for me because I didn't expect it as well. He just said hold still and then next thing he's he's putting that so everyone said did it hurt? It's like it wasn't it wasn't too bad because I think all the adrenaline was going and, and um you know, in the heat of battle. You know, and uh, and then so I got on with it. It was it was actually worse. It was actually worse after the game when I when I pulled down. I had to get the staples taken out and oh. um and then and then stitched after the game. That was actually worse. But a funny story. Uh, I, I um during that time I was a bit concussed. Um, I went to pick up a loose ball. That had just happened. I was still a bit concussed. I went to pick up a loose ball off the ground and Gordy Tallis come in. Uh, and clean me up with a bit of a swinging arm. And uh, I'm good mates with Gordy. I'm a good teammate to the Broncos. And he, he's taken me out and cleaned me up. I think Jamie Jamie Lyon was my centre part and was trying to hold me up so I didn't fall over. Anyway, he he, um, he got me a good one. After the game, um, I was lying there in the medical room getting the stitches, uh, sorry, getting the uh, staples pulled out and then the stitches put in. And I felt this shadow come over the light. And next thing I opened my eyes, I looked up, it was Gordy, Gordy Tallis again. I thought, oh, he's back for more. He's back for more. <laughs> but he, uh, mate, he actually, he actually, he actually uh, uh, credits to him. This is the sums Gordy up. He, he cleaned me up on the field, but he came in after the game and said, mate, and, and just tapped me and said, how are you, mate? Sorry about the swinging up. <laughs> and then, and then he went went back into the Queensland dressing room. So he just uh, that just sums up Gordy, your, your best mate or worst enemy. But um, I love playing with him. It was always better. Maybe he was on your side, but at origin yeah. time, obviously, uh, those eyes had rolled back and he was full of passion for Queensland. White, so. line, white line fever. Mate, a- amazing stories. An amazing job you've done to the Broncos and bringing the next generation through as you've done over that time. Um, thank you for stepping off the bench for us today and uh, uh, finding out where are they now Wednesday. Uh, mate, we will catch you around the traps. We will, You know what? Let's talk again during origin and see how Queensland are dominating the Blues. You up for that? <laughs> yeah, mate, yeah, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully, it's a bit closer than like it usually is. But looking forward to it. Sounds good. Good on you, Mick. Thank you, Mick Devere. That's the show for today. I'll catch you next week, Tuesday from nine. Until then, good luck. Good hunting.